When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, you wrestling fans out in the UK, I just want to shout out to, uh, to all you guys and say thank you to Stewie because you know what? I love this podcast and, and remember, Stewie, the Maori always gets his man. You're listening to Stew's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stew Palmer. My guest this week is a man who's worn many hats in pro wrestling over the past well over 20 years. He's had a career and it is Mr. Ryan Katz, who was senior creative in NXT. He had a run with NXT in a backstage capacity, did a lot of camera work and stuff. But he also wrestled for years as well. He was in XPW in a match with New Jack, which he talks about at length. But yeah... Just amazing, amazing stories. And he's also hosting the new Oh You Didn't Know podcast on Podcast Heat with Road Dog. It's about Road Dog's career and it's been fantastic so far. They're five episodes in. They've actually got Scott Armstrong on this week. So I implore you to get liking and following and listening to that. It's been amazing and I'll have links for that when I post. Ryan has stories with Dusty Rhodes from NXT as well. <laughs> they got off on the wrong foot initially, but over time, he became a great, great mentor to Ryan. And we know how much Dusty has done for the business. So, yeah, that was amazing to hear about that. And just everything that Ryan has done, he is just pure sunshine. Whenever you see him, he's such a happy, happy man. And it's it's great. It's great. And I implore people to be more like Ryan, you know, it, it, it's great, it's great. But yeah, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to stop rambling. This is episode 115 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast with my guest, Ryan Katz, who you may also have known as GQ Money. Here we go. My guest this afternoon in the UK, it's late morning in Orlando, Florida. It is a man who is synonymous in wrestling. He has worn many hats in pro wrestling. He's done every job imaginable, actually. It's Mr. Ryan Katz on Stu's Wrestling Podcast, and it's episode 115, Ryan, of the show. 115 is quite an accomplishment, and Stewie, man, Stu... <laughs> Nine years ago, you were calling in and commenting on my AfterBuzz TV yes. podcast, and now I'm a guest on yours. I, I got to say, testament to hard work, passion, commitment, and dedication to doing what you wanted to do, living out your dream. Kudos to you, man. Thank you, mate. I've, I look up to you, of course, you know, and we've met as well. Uh, all, all the way, all the way. I'm thinking San Jose access. You were there. You were milling about the NXT area. Always approachable. I know you were busy on them weekends as well. And then in the UK, we met a couple of times in the UK at the Christmas markets in Nottingham, yes. no less. You were with Big Bull, Big Bull, and uh, yeah, you were always approachable and just so genuine, man. 
I mean, because that's what the life's all about. Having fun, having travels, good experiences, good time, and then interacting with good, interesting people along the way. I I mean, I was thrilled about it. You talk about the Christmas market. I mean, I got a chance to travel across the pond and, and you hear a lot of stories from a lot of people who always talk about, oh, it's just to the gym, the arena, the hotel, and don't necessarily get a chance to see the cities they're going. The era of NXT, when we were doing that travel, we were so fortunate and lucky that we were generally able to explore most towns that we were in for for at least the day or the night or however it worked, but it wasn't necessarily the full rush, hustle, and, and, and move, move type of situation. We had a little time to just say, Hey, life is good right now, and, and we're killing it, and we're having these great shows with great crowds and interactivity of volume and raucous energy, and then you get to go experience and sightsee and explore and, and, and be the tourist, and, and what, what, an, what an unbelievable honor it is. Just to segue a little bit on locations in the UK, what was your favorite place when you got to do the tours and stuff, man? And I'm sure there's many, but if you have to say one place, it sticks in your mind. There's so many that do, and every one of those shows brought something interesting because there's something about that UK energy. There's something about that football crowd and and, and that group mentality that, you know, you go to wrestling shows in the US and you get energy and you get pops and you get cheers, but you get songs and you get clever creations and original chants in the UK. So all of those shows are incredible, but the one that always stood out and stands out to me is just that man it raised the bar of what it's like to go to a live event was blackpool and and the unbelievable experience of just energy i think i've talked about it before and i hate to repeat stories but it's just one of those things that's that's electric and exciting and unforgettable and an undeniable memory that just wants to come out all the time and that's like it was Buddy Murphy and and and, and Weston Blake. Uh, I now I'm getting names confused because everyone's, <laughs> I got real names and then they change yeah. names once they leave. Yeah. But like, uh, but, but but it was Bam uh, taking on American Alpha, you know, Gable and Jason Jordan, and the crowd chanted for 12 minutes before the lockup even happened doing the gable chance and the i I mean it was just and i was on camera at that time and i would get crowd perspective it wasn't that i ever had an official uh camera that i was on the headsets and wired in where i always had to have the perfect shot i got to run around the arena and go up to corners and on staircases and try to sneak uh, behind people and get cool angles and all this type of stuff and just that play in that theater it, it was an experience and an experience the joy in your face there ryan it says it all it sums up your time within the wwe and nxt so so well and 
you know, eight and, eight a, half and a half years yeah, of, of, of joy and excitement of being a kid in a candy store yeah. and getting the opportunity to live my dream. Uh, you know, there, there's pieces of you that wish that it could go on forever. And then there's pieces of you that go, maybe it was the right situation at the right time. And now I get to go explore other outlets and maybe do something different. And who knows in the future, if things happen, happen. And, and it, th th there's always opportunity in life to be made the most of and that's what I try to do so we'll see how this all plays out but I have nothing but smiles even through grueling hard work and <laughs> and lack of sleep and and and, and deadlines and 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 just uh, a, a very tight ship of, of, of rigid, uh, having to get things done the right way, quickly, efficiently, and all of these things as hard as it would be and sometimes getting yelled at and sometimes getting denied what you want. It's the most amazing thing in the world, man. Once again, eight and a half years in WWE. I'm five foot five, 180 pounds now as an adult. But when I broke into this wrestling industry, about 140 pounds in 1999, and, and, and I made my dream come true. I got to compete in a ring. I got to be a part of major television shows like with, with WSX on MTV. I got to like be a semi-main event player at XPW. I had this small short run at TNA. I got to be involved in motion capture in the WWE video game creation. And then to be a creative producer at WWE, man, I, like blessed. I can't like hashtag. I hate to go <laughs> reuse the, the old phrases. I'm old man. That's like an old one going back. But like it, it, it's absolutely how I feel. The embodiment of the American dream. And why not? Why not bring up? Why not bring up the great man, one of the greatest wrestlers, people within wrestling, one of the most respected, and I know you had such a close bond with him, down in NXT, in WWE, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, and uh, just the fountain of knowledge that he had for you. Just, just some stories, man, of you in the dream, because I know you were close. I know. Yeah, I mean, just before even getting into my interactions, the timely aspects of that of that clip that just came out of Cody interacting with the guy at the crowd that looked yeah. like Dusty, yeah. had the puffy hair and in the outfit and cut the promo. I mean, Dusty touched the world and he absolutely touched me. And I had to <laughs> get, that, get that headlight out there. <laughs> he, he did what? <laughs> Very special places he did and, and two years of interactivity with him where I don't know man there was just this bondness or this bondness this bond and connection that was created uh that I haven't felt with that many people in, in life so so when he did pass like I, I was crushed and I've had not too many people in my life pass away that I'm tight with but like had a couple and have had relatives and this and that, but like th th this one was, was, was crazy. Cause he was my mentor. He was, I mean, D Dusty used to say this to me, like we used to interact and when going through stuff and when trying to get his approval on ideas, he'd be like, look, Ryan, I'm not giving you approval. I also, before working with him actually did a good Dusty impression. And once I started working with him, it just went to crap, man. It, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I probably have one of the worst ones ever now. And, and like, I'm not making it up. I used to, it used to be pretty decent. And now it just doesn't sound anything like him. And I, I don't know. So he used to be like, 
look, Ryan Katz, I'm not your boss. I'm your coworker. And I'm not just your coworker. I'm your friend. And it was really the type of thing that it, it meant so much. Because in the beginning, like, it wasn't an instant connection. I mean, I was this bold, uh, dare I say, hotshot guy coming in. Uh, and, I, and I use the term hotshot just in that I have a confidence. I, I, I have an aura and energy about myself that where so many people, when they go through the wrestling business, they're told to walk in the door, uh, close their mouth, open their eyes, open their ears, don't say anything, just do what you're told, do what you're asked. And that's just not a philosophy that I live by. I mean, I'm a philosophy, you know, I live by the philosophy of go big or go home and be yourself and be authentic and be undeniable. And if you have that presence and if you have that, uh, that style, that, that attitude, that there is no chance that you can be denied. And through that undeniable presence, opportunities present yourself. But when you just stand there in a room, humbly waiting and nodding your head, you're, you're, you're just background, you know, you're just background graphics at that point. And, and you're there to fill the scene and maybe to take the notes, but I was always walking in that building to try to be the best at what I can be and, and be the best at the job, you know, th th that was possible and, and then learn and, and educate myself to try to uh, enhance my skill set so that I can do more, more, more and be in an undeniable position of being indispensable to everyone. And that include Dusty. So I went off on a tangent as you're asking about stories. And, 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 and my favorites become just the moments. Uh, we, we, we used to have some staff meetings, as he would like to say, with me, uh, Corey Graves and Richie Beans. Uh, that's Rich Brennan, voice mm -hmm. of MLW. Uh, we used to call him the Beans. I don't know why it started, but Richie Beans was what his nickname was. And all of a sudden, it'd be like, Dusty would be like, hey, yo, cats, is it time for a staff meeting? And we'd be like, sure, let's have a staff meeting. He'd be like, hey, yo, Beans, take this order down. We're going to hot dog heaven. And all of a sudden, we'd just be making orders for hot dogs and fries. And our staff meeting would legitimately be just shooting the shit over lunch. And it was just amazing moments. And then through the through through those things i remember sitting with like the revival uh in, in a room pitching ideas where it's just dusty me the revival and and i was making ice cream at the time katz's creamery was definitely in effect and it was in I my pre-vegan days uh so i was making what i would call top quality extraordinary craft ice cream and i will say i was ahead of the curb in the trend because if you look in the grocery stores right now and i don't know what it's like in the uk but here in america the craft creameries have become a thing and there's these small batch small brand ice creams that have been showing up and i wanted to do this for so long and it was just i was making a premium product and it was expensive so like i'd have to sell it for at least like ten dollars a pint to make things work and i'll just keep going off on a tangent i once sold my buddy three pints of custom-made cat's creamery ice cream for a hundred dollars because i had to set the 
precedent that it was a premium <laughs> product. But going back to that, I made ice cream for everyone. So Dusty was a fan of the sweets and I made ice cream for Dusty and I made ice cream for Seamus and Bill DeMott. Seamus uh, asked me if I could make him a peanut butter and jelly ice cream and I made him one of those. Uh, Mr. Regal asked for a gluten-free salted caramel toffee and, 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 and I made it happen. That friend's ice cream that asked for it was a uh, Girl Scout Cookies Thin Mint ice cream using no Girl Scout Cookie Thin Mints and nailed the flavor I was incredibly proud of. I um, mean, I had labels and I had sweet pint things and it was just all right, once again, I'm off on a tangent. It's fine. It's fine. You've got to go off on these tangents, Ryan. It's what you're about. It's Dusty Rhodes, man, in the car, ready? Yeah. He needed me to go take him to go pick up his car, what was, which was in the shop. And uh, me and Dusty have a, 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 a connection in a language uh, based on a philosophy of hippie dog, hippie dog productions. And one time when he asked me to go drive him, he's just like, please take me to go get me my car. But do me a favor. I'm not getting in the car with you if you potted up and got pot in that car. So don't let me get in that car if you got pot. And it was just one of those things that was like, man, Dusty Rhodes doing a weed check on me before taking a ride. And it's just hysterical stuff. Uh, we just used to have all these conversations because I, I was a skier and because I had family in a, in a place in Colorado and I'd usually take my vacations there. He was just always involved. And that hippie dog thing was just something he always wanted to do, which was just going to be our like little side film production company where we, where we went and made some side little short films under the banner of hippie dog productions. Uh, and, and unfortunately that that's something that never got a chance to, to come to fruition, but like the memory lives on and his legacy will live on forever. And that guy is one of the most phenomenal people uh, ever. I'm, I'm trying to think of some specific stories and I don't want to go into stories that I've told before that people can hear because the story of him hating me in the beginning and storming around the building with this, who does this guy think he is? He's been here for four <laughs> minutes. I've been here for 40 years. What does he think he's doing? Because Canyon Seaman, my boss, asked me to move a table out of his office so that, oh, that it was no. furniture set up and all of a sudden like, I get a call and Canyon's like, I heard he moved the table into his office office i had told him i didn't want it there and, and and he put it there so all of a sudden i'm the guy moving it out and it happens to happen when he walks in the door so oh, i mean no. i got oh, caught no. red-handed carrying this thing and it was just it for a day and and i thought my journey at wwe would come to a short crushing quick finale and and fortunately it did not and things worked out and it was extraordinary and we got to just just create some some fun content and the 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 interesting thing about what i got to do and with him was that there was just most of what we created was never seen and probably never will be seen unless maybe 10 years from now in the archives, they start splicing in these footage of, the, uh, uh, you know, this footage uh, uh, of these things that we created. But like, there's so much that shot 
an archive that it's going to be hard to figure out where things are, what things were, especially with that new building being created, you know, at the performance center. Uh, and I'll take a little blame. I don't know if my organization was necessarily uh, as tight as the corporate WWE system. And we, and we learned and, and there became a system efficient, of efficiency, but in those first couple of years, man, we're winging it a little bit and just trying to make things happen and going gorilla and just, just making things happen for as many people as we could to get them out of the building of the performance center and up onto the main roster because that first year two years that was 100% the goal get them in and get them out especially because so many of those people had been in the FCW system for so long that we just with it, it was time and there was frustration and people were ready to make the move where it's either I'm either going up or I'm getting kicked out. So let's make some stuff happen. And we got to do that with guys like Adam Rose, with Ty Dillinger, with Corey Graves, with Tyler Breeze. Uh, I mean, uh, with Emma, with Paige, uh, it, it, it was extraordinary. I mean, so much talent, so many cool people doing cool things. And it's just one of those things that like, once again, I say, it like I can't help but smile and and I won't lie we use a we use a phrase on my podcast uh chair shots and bong resin where I might not have had as many chair shots mine were usually big falls and bong resin but like I got a forgetful memory so the specifics sometimes slip my brain until some people kind of spark up that little moment where it's like oh yeah I do remember that but uh, I Dusty's king I actually got I, I wish I would have grabbed it before setting up. I, I got a dusty puppet sitting over here that 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 someone sent us after he passed that sent it to me, wanted me to have it. And it was just like it's something that I'll cherish forever. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Although I had to ask, I had to ask about him. Yeah, yeah. Current ref current ref Sean Bennett came back from WrestleMania Access and they were selling the uh I, I got it right over here. They were selling the replica Hall of Fame statue you know, the, uh, of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, man, I saw it there. I had to buy you one. And I'm like, I got it displayed right there Amazing. under my championship. And, 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 and he just, just so special, man. Like, I, it, I'm a guy who talks and rambles and it could almost take my breath away because he was the ultimate storyteller and makes me look like I'm a clumsy, bumbling fool. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Now, more currently... Now, a montage preview of a new podcast came out about a month and a half ago now. Yeah. With, you, with yourself, the road dog, Brian James. Oh, you didn't know on Podcast Heat. And we come to find that you're the host. And I know, obviously, you've got the connection with Brian, with road dog. And I was just, I was made up. I was made up when I knew you were coming into the podcast world and uh, the first four episodes have been fantastic. Is uh, episode five out tomorrow? Is it Thursday? Tom tomorrow will be the launch. We launch every Thursday, and I think uh, yeah. it's 6 a.m. Eastern time here in the States. And it's exciting. And this was one of those things that when, when I got let go and was trying to figure out where my life's going to go, what's going to happen, and what I can do, obviously, as a broadcaster in the past and having a background, podcasts crossed my mind and was something that, that I thought would be fun and interesting, but I just didn't know what my hook was and uh, how it worked out. And then as opportunities come, like I got a phone call from Rose 
road dog. And he was kind of like, you know, I got approached about doing a podcast and I was really wondering if you'd be willing to do it with me because we, we've had a relationship through working together for so many years. We have this fun chemistry and as people, we almost have some somewhat of a conflicting, contrasting personality. Like we both have different views on life, but still bring forth an energetic happiness, so to speak. So like there, there's just this 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 it, it clicks and and he asked me if i'd be in and like well, pretty much without hesitation it was like yeah and and then to find out that it was going to be part of podcast heat and going to be part of the network uh of all the other shows with ad free network or ad free shows as well mm-hmm. like man to get to be involved with what i gotta be honest the, so, some of the kings of the wrestling podcast world right now and, and, and to be on the marquee in the lineup with the likes of jeff jarrett's and 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 eric bischoff's and the road dog being my partner in this or or me i should say just riding his coattails i mean this is a new chapter that's fun that every week we get in there and we talk about a little moment of his history and and, and try to fill the people in with uh, some stories and all of that but but it's interesting because like i said it's it's one of those things that uh similar to me we both have those kind of forgetful things and we have this thing we kind of do where as i said <laughs> chair shots and bong resin and it's one of those things that kind of makes our show a little bit unique because we're both a little bit lost we're both a little bit kooky we're both a little bit wacky and i think from some of the user comments uh i think people wish i'd be a little less wacky but like it's just who i am man that's just me i've been me for for 45 years right now and it's gonna be pretty tough to change you've got to be yourself right i've said i've said this all along about you know other people doing it that's it and it comes across and i love the fact he calls you catsy as well that sticks out for me so so that 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 was my i loved it i tell you that was my nickname in high school on my high school wrestling team my coach was named lino martinez uh and and he had a really growly voice uh and 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 he uh he 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 taught all the spanish classes a a mexican gentleman and he had this growly voice and always be like catsy catsy you gotta shoot the double shoot the double but i I can't even do his voice right now that's not like my impressions are horrendous i just i come at you with energy but not necessarily with uh, impressionistic skills. Uh, but like, I, I, I owe a lot of where I'm at because of a guy like that, Lino Martinez and his co-coach, uh, assistant co- coach, Mike Erb, ninth in the world in, the, in amateur wrestling back then, Samba and freestyle specialist. Those guys made me who I am, taught me discipline, taught me sacrifice, taught me what it means to do hard work, taught me what it means to push past what it is that you think is being tired, taught you that, you're, that your mind will quit before for your body will and if you keep going and if you keep pushing and you drive and you feed on your on your passion and your energy and your commitment that you can do more and you can be better and you can grow and all of those things man all of those are are, are qualities that that were instilled with me and i was fortunate to have coaching staff back then and then as my career went on mentors let's talk more mentorship right there after buzz tv kevin undergaro and and, uh, a mentor for me who believed in me who coached me who, who who gave me some drills and 
and gave me some gigs and kept me going and networking and, and, and just tried to make me the best host and best person and personality and worker that I can be. And then Canyon Seaman over in WWE, who not just my boss, became a mentor, became a friend. Uh, we were able to just get, once again, coaching. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Surround yourself with people who have skill sets, who have knowledge, who have something to offer that you don't offer yourself and enrich yourself with that education, enrich yourself with that viewpoint, that view, and, and try to look at life from perspectives other than your own so that you can grow. And as people, we can all live in harmonious health and happiness because the world needs a little bit of joy and energy. And it's funny, we're talking about the podcast with dog that drops every Thursday on all outlets from iTunes to Spotify to YouTube and anywhere else you probably get your podcast. But but when I read the comments, so after not being in the spotlight and being pushed into the behind the scenes role for the last nearly nine years, you know, I haven't had to deal with public ridicule. And now when I read the comments, uh, like on the YouTube videos of each episode and see the people uh, critiquing, criticizing, and dare I say, it's not even a critique and a criticism. It's just kind of bashing. They don't like my voice. They don't like my energy. I'm too much. I'm, I'm, I'm this. Tone it down a notch. And I sit and I say, I'm bringing happiness and I'm bringing joy and I'm bringing enthusiasm and I'm bringing energy to a podcast because we don't want to be mundane. We don't want to be monotonous. We don't want to be the same thing that you've heard because we're not the same people that are doing those other podcasts. Road Dog is a WWE Hall of Famer and he is that because he is a larger than life, charismatic and spastic, over the top rambunctious superstar that's able to deliver quality entertainment on the microphone, sometimes obnoxious, sometimes crossing over the line, but always bringing you forth energy and fun and bounds of, of entertainment. And I feel that I fit in that same category while while much lower lower down the totem pole is 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 hall of fame yeah worked in the office down here uh like it not the same thing but like energy because because i'll say this right now for anyone who's trying to pursue a job behind the scenes in the business of professional wrestling i encourage you to have almost similar philosophies that that would be coming from those trying to pursue his talent and that means don't be boring. Don't be quiet. And even if you're shy and introverted, that's okay. You could be who you are. We're telling you, be yourself. But you got to find something that still has a spark, that still has an energy. Because working behind the scenes in a machine like that, you got to be able to bring your energy because you may have 10-hour days. You may have 12-hour days, 14-hour days, 16-hour days. It just depends on the situation. And that's not just one day a week. That may happen four days a week, five days a week. You may go on a 10-day run if you're on a road trip or tour internationally. You got to bring passion. You got to bring excitement. And it doesn't matter if you're talent or you're a worker or you're a staff member. You got to love what you're doing and be able to show that to everyone you're involved with because it makes the overall product and workplace and environment better. Let's bring the happy energy and make the world a better place place. <laughs> Quite 
quite the wordsmith you are, I tell you. But yeah, no, it's it's right, it's right. There's too much negativity. And as you say, it's it's they, they aren't able to do it. A lot of these people aren't able to do what you can do, what, what Road Dog can do. It's sour grapes, I, I call it. I, I call it as I see it, as I hear it. Um, it's ridiculous. I appreciate it. Because they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. It is. It is. They wouldn't have a Scooby dog reference there. <laughs> yeah, you talking Scooby-Doo and I had to wear this pin special for you. I put on the Hong Kong Fooey specially for Stewie right there. <laughs> right. I'm going to move on. We've got yeah. Bocket Raton Championship Wrestling. <laughs> this, this Sunday, Josh Woods is on the card. There's many of us as well. So, yeah, what's going to be happening on the weekend? Man, this is kicking off the Cool Cats summer right here. We're getting down with Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. And this is my return to independent professional wrestling. It's been nine years since I've been part of a show. And I was retired as an in-ring competitor by brawling Bo Cooper at Millennium Pro Wrestling. Lost my career. and, and, And now... I, I can't go into the ring because I'm a man of my word, but oh, am I <laughs> when it comes to pro wrestling? Am I? No, I can't go into the ring, but I am the voice of Boca Raton's championship wrestling and saying I'm excited is an understatement because the co-owners and co-founders of, of, of BCRW, Matthew Masler and Neil Glazer have put together something special and it's going to be a spectacle and an extravaganza. And you talked about Josh Woods being on the card. ROH pure champion reigning and he's going to be stepping into the ring against another top superstar impact wrestling Steve Macklin and this match is going to be one for the ages because both of these guys are a combination of brawlers and technicians and we're going to see uh, if, if it's going to be Macklin trying to just knock out Woods or Woods looking for some sort of technical submission and it's going to be a match that has the, the, the probability of being the most technically proficiently sound and the most exciting in terms of just true mat wrestling ability. But we also have excitement because it's also the women who are going to be competing as there's going to be a triple threat featuring three of former Performance Center and NXT standouts, all with stellar personalities, in-ring skills, because we're going to see a whole lot of women. MJ Jenkins, baby! And she's going to bring her sass and all of that as she takes on Jesse Elevan and Santana Garrett. I mean, talk about athleticism. Santana Garrett brings it every single time. Jesse Elevan brings it. MJ Jenkins brings it. This women's match is going to be exciting. And there's more still because AEW's Brazilian brawler, member of the wingmen, Cesar Bononi, is going to be stepping into the ring against the seven foot tall giant Jack Talos. Uh, Talos is represented by Frank the Clown, and, and Talos has been trying to make a name for himself. For, uh, for people that don't know who Jack Talos is, he was another person who had a short run at the WWE Performance Center, but things didn't work out how he wanted. A professional basketball player before arriving there, worked for the Washington Generals in a feud against the Harlem Globe 
globetrotters. Uh, but but he, he, he he's bringing a lot of pent-up anger, pent-up frustration, and hostility to this match. And I think both of them are trying to prove that they want to be contenders for the gorgeous Boca Raton Championship Wrestling uh, uh, title belt. It's funny. I, I, like, I'm, I'm used to saying championship title, mm-hmm. but I'm allowed to say belt now. But saying belt sounds so awkward because of all these years of being <laughs> under, the, uh, under the restrictions of having to say it one way. But they both want to be contenders. And, and this is going to be a fight to see who, 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 who's going to be fighting for that championship in the future. And as I bring up that title, you got to go check out the Instagram at BRCW Florida because there, there's a picture of this title. And, and Cool Cat Summer is this little thing I'm wearing. But if I were to tell you that the title itself has a vibe that looks a little bit like that, it's on the neon blue strap. It's got the palm trees. It's got the flash and pizzazz and that je ne sais quoi and savoir faire and flair and all of that. And it just has that Boca Raton vibe. And for those of you in the UK who may not understand what Boca Raton is, it's like South Florida. And it's where all of the Floridians come and all the New Yorkers come in the winter to get away from the winter and they leave in the summer because it's too hot. But it's about South Florida and we're going to bring Florida's finest wrestlers to brawl by the beach. I mean, we're talking high end flash and and, and I don't think it's going to be an audience that's a typical pro wrestling audience. I think we're going to be seeing people in their finest jewels and in their designer clothes and clutching their hands bags and it's going to be an experience for the ages and the only way to experience it is to experience it live so while your listeners probably aren't in florida uh if they are go to bocaratonwrestling.com to pick up your tickets i mean i'm heating up i'm getting sweaty thinking about (laughs) it because we're less than a week away and this is going to be an experience to remember where where's the venue ryan just for people in the vicinity of florida you know who can, who can get there maybe further afield so as i say boca raton boca raton is a little bit north of miami but we're talking south florida in the miami south beach kind of vibe so when you think once again palm trees neon uh a-listers red carpets uh lamborghinis and and, and high-end cars pulling up it's going to be taking place at the boca black box which is once again a phenomenal theater out there in boca that brings forth culture and 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 we're gonna bring the culture that wrestling culture and we're gonna have a good time with everyone and let me bring this up because this is something interesting that that matthew had mentioned to me uh the pillow fighting championship is actually going to be on the line. And I don't know if anyone's seen this. It's one of those things that have gone viral, similar to the slap fighting kind of thing. Uh, legitimately, people are having, having these, we'll call them fights. Uh, they, they, they got the feather style pillows, which I don't know if you know, and if you've ever been in a pillow fight, you can make those kind of, you know, pack those pretty tight and make them pack a wallop. Uh, and, and people are going like three rounds with full out trying to knock each other out in the pillow fight situation. So unpredictable is definitely a word I'd, 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 I'd be calling this show. And I'm not sure what we're going to see, but I, I do know it's going to be a good time. All the action in South Florida, Boca Raton, not Boca. I'm UK 
pronouncing it. There. And I'm it's funny because it. I say Boca Raton, and and I know that Tino Sabatelli, who is the or Savvy Piscatelli, if he's no longer Tino at this point, Savvy Piscatelli, who considers himself the king of Boca, I think he would say Boca Raton, and it's just there, there's going to be a. I think there may be a war between the Bocanites of if it's Raton <laughs> Raton. I mean, yeah. this is going to be like the Mean Street Posse on steroids. This one's going all out. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see some footage. It'd be, it'd be great. Really I think we may have just gotten it. some booking ideas through those random statements because <laughs> I, I think we may need to set up in the in the future at a show. I'll talk to Matt and me and Matthew and Neil because maybe we got to bring the, the, the mean street posse out of retirement from the mean streets of Greenwich to take on the Boca bad boys and see if we can get a little like, you know, <laughs> preppy gang warfare going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'm going to delve into you, the wrestler. I know you've been retired for some years now, but you've had quite the career. But who who inspired you? Who was the inspiration for you to get into pro wrestling so many years ago? Who who was the main... Who was that? Because I've never asked you this. I yeah, I mean, so... It goes to Macho Man Randy Savage and the Road Warriors. I mean, th th those those were my people. Uh, it was on the NWA side that I was a Road Warriors fan. I mean, hearing the Iron Maiden, hearing the or the Black Sabbath, excuse me, hearing the Iron Man is what I meant to say. Come on, like I was stoked, and they came out with those spikes in the face paint. And as a little scrawny kid from the suburbs of Chicago, they just they just captivated my imagination. Excuse me, and I was an instant fan. And then we go over to the WWF side, and it was all about Macho Man, Jake the Snake, uh, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude. Like th those became my people. Those were those were absolutely my favorites and my inspiration. Uh, but being a smaller person, and, and and when I eventually decided that I was breaking in, obviously I was influenced by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, there was Polly Dangerously uh, influences for sure. I mean, wrestling's filled with so many talent that I think the best thing you could do is take a little bit from here, 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 mix it, put it together in the bowl, create your own magical recipe that's just kind of a, a portion of each of their ingredients instead of necessarily ripping off who these their, uh, various influences are. Now, XPW... You know, you were very well known. GQ Money, I can remember it. I was, I was a lot younger, but obviously yourself, Joey Chaos, XPW, working for Rob Black. I know we've had a bit of a uh, expose with Dark Side of the Ring, but you don't necessarily, it pulled back the curtain a little bit, but you were in amongst it. You were there. So yeah, just XPW. XPW was, was crazy, man. I mean, I, I what am I? It's probably 2001. So um, tw I'm 25 at this point in my life. And I got to be honest, at 25 years old, I'm living my best life at XPW. Uh, for those unfamiliar, which is, I, I, I would think few if they're listening to this podcast, uh, owned by an adult entertainment company known as Extreme Associates. Uh, there were perks and fringe benefits it's involved with working for Rob Black and to say I had a good time would be an understatement and to say that we were just off our rockers crazy would also be apropos because we kind of just felt like there were no rules and no boundaries and we were able to push the limits 
and just do things that made people go, what are these guys thinking? Are they okay? What drugs are they on? Are they going to kill somebody at a show? And what's going to happen if they do? Like, that was the environment. I remember at the show Genocide, which just by the name itself, like, you, you probably couldn't name a show that nowadays. But it was our version of the War Games, and it was two cages. And, and at that show, I think the audience felt like someone may die in the audience because the ring, or excuse me, the cage might have collapsed on them. Like, this thing was swaying through the match. And, and you'd hear people, whoa, whoa. Oh, and then it, 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 there was just always this feeling, you know, from, from, from a breaking cage to, to the scaffolds, like legitimate 40 foot high scaffolds. Uh, the, the New Jack Vic Grimes clip yeah. goes down in infamy as one of the scariest, craziest pro Synonymous. wrestling bumps ever. The story, of course, being I've told it a million times. I'll make it quick just because I'll say it a million and one that we moved the ring before the ma- before the show started. Uh, I remember I always say Vic asked me when I first got to the venue to climb up the scaffold and tell me what I thought. And I come back down and I'm like, the ring's not lined up. He's like, yeah, man, the ring's not lined up. So we had to grab everyone, you know, from the back, the crew and anyone available. And we moved the ring. And if we didn't do that, man, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gone, gone. See you later over. Uh, Vic, Vic Grimes would not have had the outcome that he did, which was extraordinary because in the end, we, we get to we get to reveal these things now is, is, is all these years ago. Didn't even have any major injuries after that thing, like some minor little little things. But like I, I, I was the guy who did all the press and PR for that stuff. But like we put out a list of fake injuries that were not real, man. Like he he, he was he was hobbling. <laughs> he, he may have been hurt, but not injured at that point. But, so could you tell there was an undercurrent that day? He's going to probably it- hit me up and be like, what, what are you talking about, dude? Your memory is <laughs> definitely skewed i was messed <laughs> up but we'll see how this plays was it was could you tell as it pertains to new jack and vic grimes there was an undercurrent that day or were you oh, the they're, wiser? They're, oh abs- absolutely yeah. there was a strange ominous yeah. feeling and energy yeah. and you knew that there was heat and you knew that new jack had ill intent and and that it was going to get serious and it was going to get personal and it was going to get crazy. I'm showing a lot of chest hair right there. I was trying to show off my shirt and the, and the tank hangs a little low. I mean, I don't have to give you guys the taco meat right now. I'll try to, I'll try to be a little bit more tasteful. Uh, but Yes. And, and, and you sit and you look at the situation and the taser and the, and, and the bump and, and then the verbal attack after like Vic Grimes is lying there almost dead. And, and, and New Jack comes climbing down the scaffold and just gets in his face and is eating him up and bad mouthing him and all of these things in it. And it's a little bit scary and uncomfortable to watch and wrestling supposed to be a bit of a worker is supposed to be a work. And, and, and this becomes those moments where you're like, I don't know what I'm watching, what I'm witnessing. And I remember I was actually on a balcony shooting fan cam footage as I've always done my whole career. Even when I was wrestling, I still always had a camera in my hand when I wasn't in the ring and was getting some alternate view shots. And, and I just remember seeing that and like, wow. And then the next day, 
Uh, the next day I went to the office because I'm always at the office because that's the way I do things when I work for a company. I work like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I make myself fully available. But like I'm at the office and we're ingesting the footage of the show and the phone rings and I happen to pick it up and it's New Jack. And he goes on a rant for like five minutes about how he was going to kill Vic Grimes, but then but then realized that that would be a bad idea because if he did, that would be not just bad news for him, but it would be bad news for everybody because then XPW would be shut down and, and then there'd be problems. And, 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 and he was going to do the altruistic thing by not killing Vic Grimes uh, and, and making sure that he just sent a message instead. And I'm sitting there on the phone going like, I don't know that I want to hear this. This is some <laughs> intense stuff. Like uh, I'm, I'm living this life, but like I'm a pretty sheltered kid. I grew up in the suburbs. I had a Brady Bunch slash Cosby show <laughs> lifestyle, and I can't even use that reference anymore now because Cosby's a horrible human being. Oh, but he yeah. used to represent the utmost of family and fatherhood, and 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 it ruins like the analogies of my life because I had a really good upbringing and I had that sitcom family in the sense of. Things just went pretty well. And of course, we had our struggles and our problems and our hard times. But when I look at the situation of the world and, and, and other people around me, my life was pretty good. And I, and, and I always had a beautiful roof over my head. And I always had amazing, delectable food in my belly. And I always got to partake in cultural events and go on vacations. And I was so extraordinarily blessed by, by my family's love and support and their, and their instillment of morals and values and hard work that, that like, it, it just, it, it all is like crazy that I'm here in the sky telling me he was going to kill somebody. And I'm like, pro wrestling supposed to be a work, man. It's supposed to be a work. How, how was new Jack, you know, with you personally, were you, were you scared of him? I, I get that aura. If I was a talent, if I was at the event, I'd be shit scared of him. Sim so, simple, simple as that. But I suppose you didn't want to show him you were shit scared. So exactly. And, and that's what yeah. it is. And one of my first experiences was for the show uh, Blown to Hell 2 or Halloween in Hell 2. I think it, the, the shows were both names, one DVD with one live event, however it were. Blah, 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 blah. It was the Supreme versus Vic Grimes exploding death match. So it's funny, AEW, like after there's, there's fizzled out in that Dean Ambrose uh, uh, situation, people were showing the clips of when XPW did it because because our ring like man we, we did some crazy pyrotechnics at xpw like our explosions were hardcore a lot of these times uh so uh, as i'm losing my train of thought and there's my ADHD going uh bring me back where were we, <laughs> we said like your new uh, jack that's yeah, it yeah so, so at this show i go to the office to find out what i'm doing that night at the show and kevin tells us you're gonna have an interaction with new jack and i'm like oh god and he's like and we want you to bleed. And I was like, oh, God, I've never bled. And he's like, no big deal. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Ask Supreme. He'll show you how to do it, you know, in chaos. And they, and they all show me what to do of, of how to gig. Because at that point in my career, we're probably a year and a half, two years. We're probably a year and a half, two years in at this point, something like that. 
And of course, I hadn't gigged. And of course, that's what XVW is known for. So I go home and I pull a white shirt because I know if I'm going to bleed, I got I got to go in a style that's going to that's going to show this. So I get a white button down in my blue and white seersucker slacks uh, and, 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 I, and I and I in a pink headband and I put together it actually matches this Kango hat. You said a man of many hats, Kango. Going to XPW days. I did a Kango commercial back on XPW TV, part of ETV on the Enterprise. All right, we're going on all these tangents. So all of a sudden, I'm in the back, and I'm with New Jack, and he's like, so you've done this before? And I'm like, yeah, a few times. And he's like, all right, kid. And that's that. And I'm just like, all right, we got past that part. Match happens, chaos versus New Jack, and then it's the post-match interaction, and I'm getting involved. And New Jack, I, I, I turn towards New Jack as he just pummels me with a garbage can, and I go down. And as I go down, I take my blade, and I go for what someone told me. There were two techniques. You can, yeah, I shouldn't be. I'm not going to reveal the techniques. So I go for my move, and I'm like, I'm not getting a drip, and they're telling me I'm going to get a drip. And I'm like, and if I come up and I got like no blood, New Jack's going to slice my head open. And I'm legitimately just totally freaking out and scared. So at that point, I'm like, what are you going to do? Slice my head. Oh, I felt the drip. And, and, And to say like this warm gelatinous just ooze. And everyone told me in the back, spit everything out and get it out of your eyes. Those are like the rules of, uh, 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 of hardcore blood. Just don't let it coagulate and get crusty around your eyes. You want to be able to open your eyes, see. So just fling that away from the eyes and just, just get it going. I'm gushing. And, 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 and at this point, I know that me and New Jack have an interaction where he's going to come off about a 20-something, 22-foot uh, tower onto me on the table and and we fight outside of the ring and we're on the dirt pile and the rodeo and i'm just taking rolling bumps and once again i'm wearing white so i'm like i'm gonna go make a mess of myself and it doesn't matter i got this big huge wound across my head uh i'm rolling around in dirt at the pico rivera sports arena which is a rodeo ring which happens to be my favorite venue ever like that, that place was just incredible because we got to do wild stuff with it being outdoors and and it having different props that were there it was just an incredible place and and new jack goes and he does his balcony dive and in the clip that's available and it's on my youtube channel and you can check it out it's called gq money is a bloody mess uh he takes the whole table himself man i mean this guy didn't even touch me and it's so funny because big bad scary new jack on camera pretty much breaks character and you see him tap me on the belly and he's just like good job kid it was just (laughs) one of those moments and i'm just laying dead legs like bent arms bent like blood's gushing you see it flowing from my head a devastation and all of that the security picks me up and carries me out we get to the back and and new jack and me are talking and of course in wrestling as we all thank each other for 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 uh allowing us to come back safe and having a great match and situation and and, and involvement and and he looks at me and he's like smiley everyone called me smiley back then he's like smiley i was about to hit you ahead with that uh hit you in the head again with that garbage can but i saw your head and it looked like you had a vagina on your forehead and i was like nope 
we just go into the balcony. And, and it was just one of those moments where like, he took sympathy on me. And, and like, it was just, I have this calming, soothing effect on some big bad people sometimes <laughs> where like, I bring out the good in them. It's just, it's something about my personality. <laughs> Two people who couldn't be poles apart, but yet the unity after the match. So then, wait, so let, let's talk more about the fear of New Jack. Yes. So post XPW, when I moved down to Nashville and I go to TNA for a little bit, and, and all of a sudden I walk into the back at TNA and I run into New Jack. And in my mind, I've always been good with New Jack. So after that experience, of course, for, for another year and a half, two years of XPW, the, the, there, there's a relationship and friendliness and, and, and everything's cool. So I go to go shake New Jack's hand and he doesn't let it go. And he's holding it and he's holding it and he doesn't let it go. And he goes, oh, shit, Smiley. What goes around comes around, motherfucker. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you didn't think I'd know. You didn't think I'd know. And I'm like, no, what, New Jack? No, what? He's like, oh, you didn't think I'd know you talked all that shit. You don't think I and, and I have no idea what he's talking about. And this is the start of my uh hopeful tenure at tna and i'm just like oh wow man he's gonna just destroy me and they're gonna put me in an angle and just destroy me that didn't end up happening and in the end it was because of my involvement in the creative side of xpw when new jack eventually left xpw and talked all his smack about rob black and xpw of course uh on the tv show of ours we we had our rebuttal and had some what i would call like anti-New Jack promo packages. And I think he took that as me being in the creative that I was involved in that. So it was, uh, oh, you talked all that crap. And it was like, no, dude, that was pro wrestling. I mean, that wasn't, that was nothing personal. That was a television show of, of writing out your character. I, I, I don't think you should be offended about that one. And I think you gotta realize once again, it's a work. There we go. There we have it. Katsy, Katsy, I've got another thing to bring up. Your ebook, which is e gonna help, which is gonna help so many people want to get in the industry. And yes, it's how to be a pro wrestler, and it's available at howtobeaprowrestler.com. Now that you found me, you found your pack. Matt, guidebooking coach to take you on your journey. How do I get started? Do I have to go to wrestling school? Is there money to be made? And can I get paid? All these questions and more will be answered in my new ebook, How to Be a Pro Wrestler, a quick and easy read and resource guide to get you started on your journey. $4.99 at present as well. Yeah, man, it's cheap. It, 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 look, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm not really revealing crazy secrets because let's be honest, the world of professional wrestling has been unveiled. The secrets have been uncovered. What I have done is put together a lot of research and, and done the work for you so you don't have to do it. It kind of gives you the breakdown of what you need if you want to start your career, how you should kind of prepare yourself, what you should be doing, what you should have, what supplies you need going in. It also has a resource of 
of wrestling schools. It has a collection and a breakdown of many different jobs if you don't want to be a wrestler but still want to be involved in wrestling of how you can be involved. And then it really just talks about if this is what you want to do, you got to be different and you got to stand out and you can't be doing what everyone else is doing because if you want to do it on the grand scale, you got to stand out in a landscape of people who stand out. And once you have the biggest and the best and the fastest and the brightest and the most entertaining and the most powerful and the best looking, and they're all standing in the room together, everyone kind of looks the same at that point. So now, once again, how do you stand out from that group? And it's a lot easier to do so at the lower levels when people don't necessarily look great, but it's about looking great. And if it's something you want to do, like you, you, you need to find an expertise and you need to find something that makes you so outside the box, extraordinarily unique, that you can have success without professional wrestling. And then you bring that success into professional wrestling and in turn become more successful and make even more money. Because I got to be honest, even when you look at the landscape of everyone in professional wrestling that makes their living as, as a performer, the people who need professional wrestling, especially starting out, struggle to have what, what, what it, not necessarily have what it takes, but struggle to make things happen because you need resources, you need money, you need to be able to invest in yourself for gear and for boots, and you need to be able to go travel and then pay for repairs and breakdowns on your vehicle, and you need to be able to invest in promo pictures, and you should enhance your skill set and, and, and be able to do your own self-promotion and editing and marketing and, and all of these types of things. And you need to put together the total package that makes you valuable. That once again, now you have all these skill sets that you don't need professional wrestling. You can go make a living in your life without it. But then professional wrestling says, wow, you're talented. You're extraordinary. You're interesting. You have a hook. You have a niche. You have a fan base. You have an audience that listens to you, that likes you, that gravitates towards what you have to offer. And now we want you. And now not only do we want you, we want to pay you money. And then there's the side of the people that want to be professional wrestlers so bad and it's all they want to do and it's the only thing they want in their life and they swear that they want it more than anything, but they're 140 pounds. And that's okay. You can be smaller and you could still make it. But even at 140 pounds, you better be putting in the time at the gym. You better be putting in the work. Your stamina and endurance better be on blast. You better be able to go 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes inside that ring and put on marathon pace matches. You better be able to absorb all of those things, but that's not necessarily what happens because what happens is people tend to speak a big game. They say how much they want it, but they don't actually put the work into place to prove what they're saying is true. You have to dedicate. You have to sacrifice. You have to put commitment in to make sure that you are, what I said before, an undeniable asset to any company that wants to put you on their show. So it's about drive because then here, there's the balance. I talk about dedication and commitment, but this is now where you can get taken advantage of because now you're so dedicated and you're so committed and you have that sacrifice and now you'll work for anyone because you want the exposure and you want the publicity and oh, and if I only get this opportunity, it's going to open up the door to this opportunity. And then that opportunity opens up the door to this opportunity. But if you don't put your foot down and demand and show respect for yourself that you're a business and it 
is about getting paid and it is about getting something that benefits you and not just benefits the promoter. These are all the things I talk about in the book because as I said, the traditional wrestling school philosophy is close your mouth, open your ears, open your eyes. I, I, there's some truth to it. You can't walk into a place and be an arrogant, egotistical prick. You'll probably get like booted out of the building or taken advantage of or beat up on and all whole sorts of things that shouldn't happen, but probably do. But at the same point, you got to walk in that building with charisma. You got to walk in that building of training with confidence. You got to put it on, turn it on and be the performer that you want people to see. You need to personify, exemplify and dignify the reasons why you're meant to be a pro wrestling superstar. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Without giving too much away what is encapsulated in the ebook, and it is how to be a pro wrestler, Mr. Ryan Katz, and you can get it at howtobeaprowrestler.com. We're killing it here. Silly <laughs> <laughs> man, you're killing it. I love your energy too, man. It's pre it's pre tape with me though, isn't it? I don't do this show. I don't do this show live. I never have done. Some people are like you need to go live. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. A lot of people are going that route. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But uh, the MMA and boxing show is live, so that's been good in that aspect. Doing it mm-hmm. live, but I've I've stuck to my guns with this. We're over three years in, and I'm a little happy, less mate. pressure, man. A little less yeah, pressure. Yes, and if there is stuff that needs taking out, we have the ability to do it. Which is always you, you, can, you can beep my swears. See, on my show, I, I try not to swear, but I'm a little looser right here, right now. Absolutely. Mr. Ryan Katz, Mr. Wrestling, the host of Oh You Didn't Know on Podcast Heat with Hall of Famer Road Dog. You can catch it every Thursday, available on all podcast apps. Is it? You can get it on YouTube as well, can't you? Absolutely, man. It's yes, at, uh, Do you want to I see? think it's Oh You Didn't Know is the channel. I'm not positive on that. I should probably research that next time. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I really am. Can't wait for episode five tomorrow. You're doing a great job. Drops please. tomorrow with special guest Scott Armstrong. This episode is phenomenal for everyone that likes to hear stories of the old school days of wrestling. Scotty does have a good memory of those times and talks about his territory days. And it's one of my favorite episodes so far. It's phenomenal. See, not just the referee. He was in that family, man. So yeah, we're going to get that. That's going to be superb. I look forward to that, Ryan. I do too. <laughs> I hope people enjoy it as well. I hope people enjoy it. And then if they do, that they could spread the word, share, subscribe, do all of those things and help us grow because I've been out of work for a bunch of time right now and I need some subscribers <laughs> and listeners and watches because Papa's got to eat. My puppy's got to get some treats. Absolutely. absolutely. My guest. All the way from Florida, Orlando, by way of Chicago, as I've got to get that in there. It's Mr. Ryan Katz, GQ Money, you name it. Here he is. There's a lot of them. There's been Ringside Ryan, Fabian Kalen, <laughs> Styles Monroe. Yeah. Man, uh, yeah, I change names more than most people change underwear. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, man. Man, thanks for having me, Stu. Once again, I've talked about it when I first came on. You used to you used to participate in my show so many years ago. And now to see you, as you said, three years of you doing this consistently, that's phenomenal. It, 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 it's just awesome. Keep up the good work. And, and, and I wish nothing but success for you. My, oh, my. 
That was amazing. Amazing stuff from Mr. Ryan Katz. I forgot about the Wrestling Society X stuff. He was Kaylee and Fabian. He was the ring announcer for that. But I'm sure I'll get him on again to talk about that. As I say, I could have spoke to the man for six, seven hours. And we still won't have touched the surface. But thank you so, so much. Anytime I've met Ryan as well. I've met him in person over here in the UK and in the US with WWE stuff going on. And he's always been amazing. And going back to After Buzz as well, the post show which he used to host. And he's, he's just amazing. He's amazing. He's a great person. Please check out Oh You Didn't Know on Podcast He His podcast with the Road Dog. It's all about Road Dog's career and life experiences. And this week's episode is with Scott Armstrong, Road Dog's brother. And we will see you for episode 116 very, very soon of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.